Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
I was happy when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Salem, and welcome to worship. We'd like to invite you to stand at this time as we begin our worship experience. As, as usual, we are so happy and glad that you all have decided to worship with us this morning, whether here in the sanctuary and those connected virtually. What a blessing it is to have another opportunity to worship and praise our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We know that the Lord created us for worship. He created us to worship him, not just because of all the amazing things that he does, but simply because of who he is. I like it when the psalmist says, oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Amen. And in that same context, the scripture for this morning comes from Psalms 100. Quite appropriate. It says this, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. 
His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Let us pray together. Eternal Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for another opportunity just to worship and lift up your most holy and majestic name. Lord, we offer this worship service to you because you are so deserving of our praise. We thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you for salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we also thank you simply because of who you are, the most glorious and majestic one, the one who lived and has no ending or beginning, the one who created the universe, the one who loved us so much that he sent his son to sacrifice for us. So Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we lift this worship service up to you. And we pray all these things in your most matchless and blessed name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise. Our morning hymn is a great hymn of the church. Simply, oh, how I love Jesus.
on, clap your hands with us, everybody. Let's say it again. Oh, 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 oh. Come on, behold, it comes. Behold, he comes. Come on, he's riding. Riding on the clouds. And he's shining like, shining like the sun. At the trumpet's call. At the trumpet's call. Come on and lift your voice. And it's the year of Jubilee. And out of Zion's hill. are the days of Elijah and we're declaring the word of the Lord and these are the days of his servant Moses righteousness has been restored and these are the days of your harvest and the fields are white in the world oh Lord and we are the Yard, and we're declaring the word of the Lord. Behold, Behold he comes and it's riding, riding on a cloud, shining like, shining like the sun, and the trumpet's trumpet Come on and lead the boy. It's the year of Jubilee, and out of salvation. These are the days of Elijah, and we're declaring the word of the days of his servant Moses, righteousness is being restored. And these are the days of your harvest, and the fields are white in the world, oh Lord. And we are the laborers in the vineyard, and we're declaring the word of the Lord. Behold, behold, Come on and lift your voice. It's the year. And out of Zion, you Behold, he comes. Riding on a cloud. Shining like the sun. At the Come on and lift your voice. It's the year of And out of Zion, you serve an amazing God. He's unique in all his ways. Let's testify together, church. Come on. There's no God like There's no God like Jehovah. 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 No God like There's no God like Jehovah. 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 There's no God like There's no God like Jehovah. 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 Come on, come on, clap your hands. 
prayer time. And as we prepare our hearts and our minds for this immense privilege that we can go before the Lord our God collectively in prayer, let us remember to pray for our leaders serving at the federal, state, and local levels. Let us remember our military personnel, those serving both local and far away. Let's remember those hospitalized, Sister Gloria Brody, Sister Rebecca Miller, Brother Joseph Williams. Let us remember those that have asked for our prayers, Infant Elijah Smith, Sister Sabrina McKinney, Sister Glenda Newell, Brother Michael Griffin, Brother Lawrence Wallington, and Deacon James Brewer. Let us remember those who have lost members of their precious family. Brother Sean and Sister Shonda Ross in the loss of their great nephew, Jaden Koonsman. The funeral was held yesterday. Want to remember the Frazier family and friends in the loss of Beverly Frazier. Wake will be on Thursday, December 7th, and the funeral will be held on December 8th here from Salem. And also, we want to remember Brother Lawrence and Pat Wallington and the loss of his sister, Margaret Holloway. Friends, what an immense privilege we have to go before the Lord our God in prayer. I'm reminded by the words of the Apostle Paul when he said, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests may be known to God. Likewise, the author of Hebrews says this, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. Let's go before the Lord our God together in prayer. Heavenly Father, there is none like you. Absolutely none. Lord, you created the universe. 
You threw the earth on the axis with no practice and watched it spin. You spoke the whole world into existence. Ex nihilo from nothing. You yourself have no beginning and no end. You invented time. You invented space. And because you loved us so much, you sent your son to enter into time, into space. Lord, there was just no one like you. We just thank you so much for your love today. Your love is so great that we just can't get around it. It's so wide that we can't go around it. It's so tall that we can't go above. It's so deep that we can't go beneath it. Lord, your love is so great. We thank you so much for the love that you've given us that you sent your only one and unique son to die on the cross for our sins. And that if we confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that you have risen from the grave, then we are saved. And you give us the right to be called children of God. Lord, we thank you that there's none like you, but that you loved us so much even when we were undeserving, that you gave us your son and that if we believe in you, we have the right to be called your children and adopted into your family. So, Lord, we stand firm on that privilege today, bowing down before you, thanking you so much of how much you loved us, thanking you of so much how you take care of us, thanking you so much that while we're in a sinful and a fallen world, that you still look out for us that you still watch over us, that you still protect us, that you still comfort us, that you still strengthen us, that you encourage us, that you tell us that even though that we're in the world, we're not of the world, and that you have conquered the world. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you that you would never give us something too strong for you to bear. And so, Lord, we come before you this morning sometimes overwhelmed sometimes filled with anxiety, sometimes filled with hurt and with pain and with agony. But Lord, we bring it all to you, the great physician, because we know you can take care of it. You created the world. You created us. Every single thing that we can think of that exists in this world, Lord, it wasn't made without you making it. We thank you so much for how you spoke the world into existence through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you so much how you see us through every single day. We thank you so much that no matter what situations we face, that we have victory in you. So Lord, I ask that you remind us all of that victory in you on today. Remind us all that there's no one like you. Remind us all that we can't do it alone. Remind us all that there's others around us that are hurting that we can comfort through our relationship with you. Remind us that the same love that you share with us vertically, we have the ability through your Holy Spirit to share horizontally with those around us. So, Lord, we give you all the praise, we give you all the honor, we give you all the glory, simply because of who you are, and we thank you for all that you've done. Lord, as we proceed in our worship service, we ask that you get all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. We ask that you would prepare our hearts to hear from our pastor, a word specifically for us today. Lord, prepare in our hearts that we may heed to it and know that it's from you. We thank you so much for what you're accomplishing through our pastor. We thank you so much for what you're accomplishing through our church. We thank you so much for what you're accomplishing through your called out ones. Lord, continue to help us to make an impact on this generation and this world. Continue to remind us, Lord, that we are the thermostats. 
to set your temperature and not just the thermometers to take the temperature of the world around us. So lead us and guide us as we follow in your direction as our high priest, our leader, our Lord, our Savior, Jehovah. We pray all these things in the blessed and most miraculous name of Jesus Christ. Amen. holidays and welcome to Salem News. 2023 is the year of renewal. It's our prayer that you have a meaningful encounter with God today because here at Salem, we believe the best season of your life is just ahead. Here are a few highlights. Well, join us today after worship for the final performance of Joyful Noise, a gospel Christmas entitled the 10th episode at Steelhouse Omaha. Tickets are $20 for today's matinee performance, which begins promptly at 4 p.m. You can purchase your tickets in person at the Steelhouse box office at 11th and Dodge Street. There is a clear bag policy. Only clear plastic or vinyl bags or small clutch bags are permitted. Parking is available at the Park Omaha Garage at 12th and Capitol Avenue. Attention Salem seniors, we are blessing you with a Christmas meal again this year. We just ask Salem seniors ages 65 and up to call the church office and sign up to receive your Christmas meal. All meals will be available for pickup from the Salem Food Pantry on Saturday, December 9th. Mark your calendars for our annual Wade Watson Preaching Series. Join us next Sunday, December 10th, as we welcome Reverend Reginald Lee Backus, pastor of Mount Ollie Baptist Church of Brooklyn, New York. Please invite someone with you to the worship experience and prepare to be blessed. All Salem members, hold the date on your calendar. Join our end-of-year in-person annual meeting on Tuesday, December 12th at 7 p.m. The meeting will take place in the sanctuary. Your presence and your input are valuable to our congregation's future. College Sunday is just around the corner. Join us on Sunday, December 17th, during the 10 a.m. worship experience. We encourage everyone to wear your college, university, favorite college, or wear your Greek letters. Unpack your favorite sweater, hoodie, and jeans, and invite your friends and family to worship with us. Immediately following the morning worship experience, college students and young adults will eat and fellowship from the fellowship hall. Stay tuned to our Salem social media and church emails for further details. Well, as you can see here at Salem, we have many exciting opportunities and events, and we want to get everyone connected and involved. To stay up to date with all church opportunities, visit our website, salembc.org. Also, like us on Facebook, Salem Baptist Church Omaha, on BoxCast, or subscribe to our Salem YouTube channel. I'm Cerise Cole for Salem News. Sure hope you have a great day and a wonderful week. Amen, amen. Good morning, Salem. Well, it's December. Can you believe it? It's already December, and each year, during the month of December, we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we know that we are in the Christmas season as we look around and we see all of the beautiful decorations uh, in the church. I just want to personally thank Sister Jessie Brown and members of the military ministry 
as they helped decorate our church over the last few days, and so it's looking wonderful. But in the spirit of giving, each year we have a wonderful tradition here at the Salem Baptist Church. We want to bless our first family. We want to bless our pastor and his wife. I can recall some literally 32 years ago as I aged myself, when I first came to Salem, we actually got to Salem in the month of December. And one of the wonderful things that I witnessed was I saw that they were making an appeal for the pastor. And as I watched the deacons make that appeal, I heard one of the deacons who's now going on to glory, he said, I still believe in Santa Claus. Let's take care of our pastor. And so in that same tradition, we want to we want to recognize Dr. Backus and Sister Backus and his wonderful family as we prepare to celebrate the Lord's birth. So on your offering envelope today, if on the line that says other, if you would simply write Pastor Backus' name or Christmas gift, we will make sure that he has a wonderful present under the tree this year. If you're giving online, you can use one of the electronic platforms, but make sure in the memo section that you indicate Pastor Backer's name. May God bless you and God keep you. Once again, good morning, Salem. To those who are in the sanctuary of the Salem Church and those who are in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church, we welcome you here where we are exalting the Savior, evangelizing the lost, equipping the saints and expanding the kingdom of God. It is good to be in the presence of the Lord one more time. Amen. We want to thank you for your presence, but also we want to ask if there are any guests who are worshiping with us on today, those who are visiting with us in worship, we're going to ask you to stand, not going to ask you to say or do anything. We just want to recognize you. If you are our guest on today, you can stand. Amen. Amen. Minister Montague's family, mother and father here, as well as our other guests. We have a special guest, First Lady Deandra McFarland from Chicago, Illinois. Wave your hand. Amen. Good friend of our family. To all of our guests on today, we are so grateful for each and every one of you sharing with us in worship again here in the sanctuary and in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church. We don't believe there's any better place you could be than here in worship with the Salem Church. Please remember all of your weekly opportunities for ministry, fellowship, discipleship, and worship. We do not want to reiterate each and every um, announcement that was a part of Salem News, but again, we were blessed on last night at the Steel House with our Joyful Noise performance. What a blessing. Amen. That because of your faithfulness, because of your giving, because of your stewardship, we're able to bless this entire community. Amen. And we close out uh, that performance this afternoon, as was said, at 4 p.m. We want you to be there, if at all possible. We remind you, um, as well, we are uh, getting together and uh, going to bless our seniors with a, a Christmas food basket giveaway. It's scheduled for this next, next Saturday. Uh, but we are able to expand it because of one of our ministry partners, Brother Kurt Bonner, is, uh, and his State Farm Agency has blessed us, and we're able to expand it beyond the members of the congregation uh, to those who are part of our community, those who are 65 and older. Please call in, and we want to bless you with 
a Christmas dinner. So please, please, if you have family members that are 65 and above, you can call in on their behalf or you can have them call in. We want to be a blessing to you. Amen? Amen. Please remember that. Again, all of those announcements that were shared, we uh, remember our annual meeting Tuesday, December 12th at 7 p.m. Again, Wade Watson on next Sunday. And uh, there are high school scholarship opportunities that are available. Please see Minister Whitaker. And there's a church, a children's church ministry volunteer survey uh, that if you contact Minister Whitaker, he can uh, point you to that. And we want to make sure that we serve not only those of us who are old and getting older, but our children as well. Amen. Amen. You cannot beat God giving no matter how you try. Amen. I ought to have at least one or two witnesses here on today. We want to thank you as we prepare to, for our giving time, our offering time. We want to thank those who have trusted the Lord with the tithe during all church tithe Sundays. I double dog dare you, as they used to say on the playground, to continue to trust the Lord. He will do what his word declares, and that is open the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings you won't have room enough to receive. Salem, it is giving time. Salem, it's all church tithe Sundays when we're asking each member of our congregation to prayerfully consider trusting the Lord with the tithe. 10% of your God-given resources during the month of November. So on this last Sunday of November, I want to speak with you concerning the tithe from the thought, oops, there goes your tithe. Maybe you've heard the classic story about the seven-year-old boy and the two quarters. As the little boy was leaving his house to walk to church, his mother gave him two quarters. His mother said to him, put one of the quarters in the offering plate and you can buy yourself an ice cream cone on the way back home with the other quarter. Now clearly, this story is very old because with inflation today, a quarter wouldn't even buy the cone. The story goes on to explain as the seven-year-old walked to church one of the quarters fell out of his hand and rolled into the sewer grate. The boy paused and then looked heavenward and loudly said, Oops, God, there goes your quarter. Now hopefully you laughed at my effort in telling this short story, but have you ever been guilty of doing the same thing? The car breaks down and we say, Lord, oops, there goes your tithe. Or the right sale arises at the right time, at the right store, on the right item that you've been waiting on. And you declare, Lord, oops, there goes your tithe. That kind of response reveals priorities and the weakened trust in the Lord about his promises to the tither. Trusting in his promises, even in tough times, would propel you to be even more diligent in giving your time. Why do the generous prosper? It's because they freely give without restraint and regret. This opens the floodgates and windows of the Lord's blessing. 
Why do the stingy come to poverty? It's because the floodgates and windows of heaven's blessings are shut off. The truth is, what a person believes they are saving by withholding from the Lord will ultimately be devoured by the enemy. Listen to Malachi chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, where it says this. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. As you prepare to give on today, repeat these words in your heart. Lord, today I give the tithe freely. I am generous because your word promises that as a result of my generosity, I will prosper. I honor you above all things, and I expect your involvement in my personal life and in my finances. Amen. Even as we prepare to give on today, for those who are in the virtual sanctuary, we remind you of the various platforms by which you are able to give. You can mail your tithe and offering here to the Salem Baptist Church at 3131 Lake Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. You can bring your tithe and offering Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. There's a secure tithe and offering box just outside the administrative office. You can give through PayPal, Venmo, through our website. You can text to give. I think I forgot one, Cash App and Givelify. And for those who are in the sanctuary of the Salem Church, there will be persons in place to receive your tithe and offering as you exit worship on today. We want to thank each of you for your faithful stewardship. Those who are in the sanctuary and those who are ministry partners all across the country who support the ministry of the Salem Baptist Church. For those who are in the sanctuary, let's give those in the virtual sanctuary a hand for their stewardship. And we share this affirmation. It is an affirmation of what we believe about giving here at the Salem Baptist Church. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. If you believe it, put your hands together and praise the Lord. We're going to move further in worship at this time as the music fine arts ministry comes. Let's praise God in advance for what he's going to do in our midst.
going to ask you to stand now in reverence to the Word of God and turn with us to the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. First Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, and the Word of God reads, Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother, to the church of God which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both both theirs and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Lord's word is blessed. <clears throat> I want to talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject, wake up. Wake up. For those of my generation, these words ring clear from the creative pen of one of our generation's greatest film directors, and producers. From his early movies, School Days and Do the Right Thing, to his later movies, Black Klansman and The Five Bloods, Spike Lee has been screaming for our society to wake up to what has occurred in our history as a country and what's going on around us even to today. I don't want to be too political on today because I need to get to the theme and text for today, but it seems that there are some people all around this country, from Florida, through the midsection of our country, all the way to the West Coast, who would be happy if our young people, especially and specifically, stayed asleep when it comes to the history of what has occurred in our country. They want our young people to stay asleep, unaware of the good, the bad, and the ugly that has been evident in the evolution of our country. There are some who wish to dismiss and disregard the well-documented acts of inequity and inequality in this country and the residue and remains of those acts that still stain the systems and institutions of our society. Well, I want to go ahead and say it for myself, if not for you all, we 
we will not stay asleep. We are woke. We're not ashamed about it. And that's enough said. So I'm going to go ahead and move on. Now, I said all of that to say the idea of calling for wokeness, awareness, and alertness is, a not, new, is not a new concept, and it is not a new Christian call. It is a centuries-old concept and call that is a part of what many call the Christian or the liturgical calendar. And specifically, the concept of being alert and aware is evident in the season of Advent that begins on today. The season of Advent seeks to awaken us to the past, current, and future impact of the Christ event. Simply put, it seeks to awaken us to the impact upon the world that was produced because of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. However, Advent is not simply a season to anticipate the celebration of Christmas. It is the opportunity to emphasize the arrival of Jesus in human form as a baby, born of the Virgin Mary who began life as God incarnate in flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. Further, Advent seeks to cause us to reflect and be aware of the Lord's redemptive arrival in the lives of his people daily as he manifests his presence in our day-to-day -day faith journey. And sit up and pay attention because lastly, what is clearly a vital element in the biblical text that's highlight highlighted today Advent wishes to awaken and alert all of humanity to the second coming of Jesus Christ when he will arrive in glory to establish his kingdom and judge all people. And that's what the Apostle Paul was seeking to remind the Corinthian church to do here in the opening verses of this first retained letter to the Corinthian church. He was encouraging and in, uh, encouraging them to wake up, to remain awake concerning the return of the Lord Jesus. Now, one of the things, Deacon Smith, I love about the Apostle Paul is that he was subtle while he threw his shade. He was diplomatic as he discipline those who he had introduced to Jesus Christ and he was initially politically correct as he prepared to put the Corinthian church in order because Paul realized he could not begin this letter to the church with a stinging reproach a harsh reprimand or a cruel criticism because the truth is he would get to that later but he, get, he begins by alerting them to wake up concerning the fact that Jesus is going to return. He wanted them to wake up to the fact that Jesus is coming back. And he wanted them to wake up to the reality that that should cause them to understand how blessed they were and how they should have been grateful for all that the Lord has done for them, in them, and through them. And how 
they should be behaving, acting, and serving. And all of this was viewed through the lens and in the light of the reality that the Lord Jesus is coming back again. Listen closely to a couple of the phrases that the Apostle Paul uses tucked into these verses that open 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In verse 7 he says, eagerly awaiting, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in verse 8 he uses this phrase, in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is conveying the importance to the church then and the church now to wake up to wait aware, alertly, eagerly, and expectantly for the second coming, the second advent, the second arrival of Jesus Christ. He wants the Corinthian church to wake up. And there are some things Paul desires that the Corinthian church wake up to that would be helpful for us on December 3rd, 2023 as well. And the first was this, wake up to the grace that has been granted you. Wake up to the grace that has been granted you. Now I need you to listen to verse 3 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It says this, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul's rhetorical skills and letter-writing expertise are evident in verse 3. This is a part of his greeting to the Corinthian church. In this verse, grace is understood as a favorable attitude that's conveyed to the readers of this letter. And then he says, peace, shalom which would be the Hebrew equivalent properly used in a greeting of the time. But then I want you to listen to verse 4. He says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus. In verse 3, grace is understood as a favorable attitude towards those in the church at Corinth that would read the letter. In verse 4, grace is an act of God through Jesus towards those in the church who would read this letter and all who would receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. The first grace is an attitude of Paul as he writes this letter. The second grace in verse 4 is an act of God towards humanity. Now very quickly, as a refresher course on today, grace is the Lord benevolently blessing us by giving us what we do not deserve. And mercy is the Lord compassionately, kind-heartedly not giving us what we do deserve, especially punishment for our sins. Paul says, I thank God for the grace that the Lord gave those who were a part of the Corinthian church. He's thankful that the Lord gave them what they did not deserve. Grace. 
Now the weight and gravity of what Paul is thankful for is even more significant when you take into account exactly who Paul is writing this letter to. He's writing this letter to the Corinthians. Corinth was a major metropolitan city. It was located in ancient Greece, perfectly positioned on a bustling commercial route that carried people and goods between Italy and Asia. It was home to the temple of Aphrodite, the idol goddess of love and beauty. And Corinth was a lewd and decadent city that delighted in its own wretchedness and ratchetness. And to add to that, the Corinthian church seemed to have allowed some of that which defiled the city of Corinth to creep into the church. Spiritual immaturity allowed immorality, division, and pride to become a part of the fabric of the church. And all of this reflects the thanks that the Apostle Paul lifts to the Lord for the grace that was granted and dispensed to the Corinthian church. Paul is saying to the church, the Lord gave you grace. And he gave you grace you did not deserve. Paul says, I just got to stop and say thank you, Lord, for the grace that he's given you. And Paul was seeking to remind the Corinthian church to wake up to the reality that the Lord did not have to give them grace. He granted them grace because he loved them and he cared for them and he cherished them as his children even when they were disobedient, even when they were rebellious, and even when they were cantankerous children of God. As we enter into this season of Advent, celebrating that the Lord Jesus came in flesh and that he will return for his church, we should, be, uh, we should wake up to the grace that's been given us. I know you're asking a lot of questions in your mind right now, specifically why pastor's preaching this sermon. There is a reason, probably to convict all of us. But I know you're pondering a few things in your mind, which one of them is, I didn't know that people who were mentioned in the Bible acted like that. I, I thought everybody in the Bible, Pastor, was holy and sinless, unstained. Oh, but this Corinthian church, they were sinful, self-centered, spiteful, and stiff-necked. And the truth is, I've taken it a little easy on the reputation of those who are in the Corinthian church because I didn't want all of us to think I was talking about all of us. Please, child of God, don't get it twisted. 
He struggled with sin and disobedience and rebellion and self-centeredness is real and it did not begin in 2023. It was real, it is real, and it's going to be real until the Lord returns. And that's why we have to wake up and thank the Lord for the grace that he gave us that we did not deserve. We didn't deserve his goodness. We didn't deserve his forgiveness. We did not deserve his sacrificial love. We did not deserve all that he gave us. And yet, the shout on today is that we ought to thank the Lord that he gave us grace that we did not deserve. John Newton, a former slave trader who was converted and became an Anglican clergyman, uh, wrote about grace in one of the songs that the church has sang throughout the ages. It says, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear. The hour that I first believed. We ought to thank God for the grace he's given us. Then Dottie Rambo came a few decades ago inspired by the fact that the Lord had saved her brother who had been on drugs and been in prison and she penned these words about grace. She said, amazing grace shall always be my song of praise for it was grace that brought my liberty. I do not know why he came to love me so, but he looked beyond my faults and saw my knees. I shall forever look to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me. How marvelous is that grace that caught my falling soul. He looked beyond my fault and saw my knees. Somebody ought to wake up this first Sunday morning in December and thank the Lord for the grace that has been granted us. All right, enjoy that because I'm getting ready to get messy. It says, wake up to the grace that's been granted you. Then he says, wake up to the gifts that have been given you. Paul reminds the Corinthian church that they were given abundant spiritual gifts. Listen again to verses 5 through 7. That you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that you come short in no gift eagerly awaiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul conveys the fact that salvation is a gracious gift given from the Lord. But additionally, he says, when you're saved, you're given spiritual gifts. And as puzzling and perplexing as it might be, as spiritually immature and relationally ragged as the Corinthian church was, they were given a abundant and profuse spiritual gifts. Paul says you were enriched in everything by the Lord. The Greek word translated enriched here gives us our English word 
a plutocrat, which is a very wealthy person. It conveys the fact that the Corinthians were especially rich in spiritual gifts. And actually, if you read further in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14 specifically, Paul highlights thoroughly how spiritually gifted the Corinthians were. Now, remember I told you earlier Paul was going easy on the Corinthians in the early portion of this letter. And he's telling them to wake up to the spiritual gifts that have been given them. And he's alerting them to some correction he's going to give them later in this letter. And one of the words of correction he gives them is this. Wake up to the reality that you have abundant spiritual gifts, but you're using them in unspiritual ways. I don't think you hear what I'm saying. Wake up to the fact that you have abundant spiritual gifts, but you're using them in unspiritual ways. As spiritually gifted as the Corinthians were, there was a disconnect between their God-given gifts and the exercise of those gifts among other believers. Paul would say to the Corinthian church, doesn't matter how spiritually gifted you are if you don't exercise those gifts in love. If you don't exercise your gifts in love, they're worth nothing. You don't believe me. This is what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. I'm just making noise. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Paul is saying, wake up. Wake up to the fact that your spiritual gifts are null and void if you're not using them in a spiritual way that's favorable in the sight of Almighty God. Now, I know this is not what y'all came for today. I know this is not what you came for, but I have to say it. I have to say it. I may need an escort out of here. Some of us wonder why, as spiritually gifted as we are, we end up not helping or blessing or benefiting anyone but ourselves. As gifted as we are, as spiritually abundant as our gifts are, we wonder why we're not helping anybody else. It's because we're mean. We're disagreeable. We're difficult. We're manipulative. We're gifted but we're grouchy. 
We, we're gifted, but we end up acting like the Grinch that stole Christmas. Wake up! Okay, I'm going to move on, I'm going to move on. Wake up to the reality that you have abundant spiritual gifts, but you're using them in unspiritual ways. And wake up to the reality that you have abundant spiritual gifts, but you've started to believe they're from you and they're about you. Paul reminds them that they were enriched in everything. Paul says, in all these gifts by him, by Jesus Christ. The Corinthians, not Salem, the Corinthians had become arrogant about their spiritual gifts and they looked down upon other believers because they were not as spiritually gifted as they were, so it became all about them. They forgot to whom their gifts were to bring glory. Uh, listen, it, we, they didn't realize it was not about them. It was to be about the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I help you? Can I give you a litmus test? If the Lord is not getting the glory, the glory is going to the wrong person and the wrong place. Paul was saying to the Corinthian church, wake up! It's not about you. And the gifts that you have abundantly did not come from you in the first place. Help us, Holy Ghost. I don't want to leave you on that note, so hang in there. Hang in there. Wake up to the grace that's been granted to you. Wake up to the gifts that have been given you. And finally, he says, wake up to the pardon you will receive. Oh, thank God for this part. Wake up to the pardon you will receive. The Apostle Paul, in this letter to the Corinthian church, reveals to them their spiritual gifts as well as their mistakes and misunderstandings. And as you read through this letter, he moves from a gracious and diplomatic greeting at the beginning to calling the Corinthians on the carpet about their sins, their spiritual immaturity, about their division, and about dissension in church. Truthfully, what the Apostle Paul wrote was sometimes harsh, hard to swallow, difficult to receive. But he lets the Corinthian church, and a lot of us who read it 2,000 years later, he lets us have it. He pulls no punches. Paul gives it to them and us. If you allow me to say it as they would say, straight, no chaser. But as he begins this letter, he deposits something in the, sp uh, the spirit of the Corinthian church. And those of us who read it some 2,000 years later. And it's something that should shout us in light of the season of Advent that reminds us that the Lord Jesus will return, that he is coming back again. 
Apostle Paul knows that the Corinthians were sin-stained, struggling within themselves. And even as spiritually as gifted as they were, they were all messed up. Some of us know the same about ourselves. But the good news today that should shout all of us is that ultimately we're not in our own hands. Ultimately, we're not our own final judge. And we should really rejoice in the reality that no other human being is our judge and jury. If you don't shout about anything else, you ought to shout right there. You see, for most of us, if we judged ourselves at some point, we would separate ourselves from ourselves long enough to acknowledge our sins and even acknowledge that we should be punished for our sins. Oh, and certainly, if we left it up to people around us, even the people who like us, They would see our faults and our flaws and, and how we failed them. And they would acknowledge that we should be charged guilty in a court of wrongdoing. Yet the good news is we're not in their hands. And we're not in our own hands. And the Apostle Paul reminds us of that and how in spite of our sins, in spite of the misuse of our spiritual gifts, in spite of our spiritual arrogance and pride, he says, when the Lord returns, in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, we will not be found guilty. We will be found pardoned. Listen to what he says in verses 7 and 8. Montague, I, I plan on raising my voice today, but I'm not going to do it. But listen to verses 7 and 8. It says, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless. Blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. The word blameless means pertaining to one who cannot be accused of anything wrong. It means not merely unaccusable, but unaccused. Free from any legal charge to bring holy, pure, and without accusation into the presence of a holy God. Oh, and that's what the Lord does for us. In spite of us, in spite of our spiritual arrogance, in spite of our sin, in spite of our rebellion, he pardons us. And that's why it's so important that every month we lay these elements that are symbolic of the Lord's broken body and shed blood right here before us because it reminds us that when the Lord returns because of his shed blood, we shall be pardoned unaccused not guilty that's why 
Robert Lowry penned the hymn, the words of this hymn when he says, what can, what can wash away all my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, how precious is that flow. That makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing the blood of Jesus. Now, that may hit for some. But for those of us who were local church kids and sang in the choir, Brother Worley served on the usher board. I'm sorry, the usher board. And for some who were junior deacons who sat down front there's another word, another song that speaks clearly to the fact that we're unaccused, that we're a part of it. There's two fellas called the O'Neill twins. Some folk who were church in 1982 and 83 heard this. Uh, said that I was guilty of all charges. Doomed and disgrace. But Jesus, with his special love, saved me by his grace. He pleaded and he pleaded. Oh, yes, he pleaded my case. And I'm so glad that Jesus dropped the charges. Now I'm saved through grace and faith. At Calvary, I heard him say it. They wouldn't say it just one time. They'd say it again. At Calvary, I heard him say it. At Calvary, I heard him say Case dismissed. Case dismissed. Wake up, y'all. Because when the Lord returns, we shall be pardoned because he has dismissed our case because of what happened on Calvary's cross. He died in your place and in my place. But when he returns, not because we were so good, not because we followed all of his commandments, but because he loved us, even in our guilt, he will declare case dismissed. Somebody ought to shout glory right now. The doors of the church are open. The invitation is extended. Oh yes, we ought to wake up to the fact that the Lord is returning. He is coming again. And if you're here today and you've not confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior, this is a day. This is the moment for you to prepare yourself for his return. For all that he's done through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, one day, as he returns, he will pardon us from our sins. And the Bible reminds us that he will do so if we have confessed him as Lord and Savior.
Bible says in Romans chapter 10, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for the sins of the world, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You shall be pardoned from your sins. And so if you're here today, you ought to take a step of faith, step out in the aisle, come down, give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Or if you're saved, but for whatever reason, you're out of fellowship with the local church, this is your opportunity to be a part of the Lord's family here at the Salem Baptist Church. Or if you're watching or listening, you can give us a call at 402-455-1000, option 3. Someone is waiting to hear your voice. As the choir leads us in an invitational selection, why don't you come? We're praying that you would make that step of faith even now. Why don't you come? Is there one? Why don't you come? seated. Salem, we yet believe in the power of prayer. Amen. My dear sister is going in for surgery on tomorrow. Amen. Husband, I'm sorry. Right. Amen. Is going in for a surgery on tomorrow, and Brother Phil's going in for surgery on tomorrow as well. And uh, we know that God is able to, to heal and restore and to deliver. And he's able to set free. Amen. And the good news is that he does, again, still hear and answer prayer. Somebody's a witness that you're here right now. Because he hears and answers prayer. And so we're going to go to the Lord right now. And I want to say to you, even as I prepare to lead in prayer, Rest assured that the Lord is with you every step of your journey. Just like he has been with you, he will be with you. The psalmist said, if I 
go to the mountaintop, he's there. Even if I make my bed in show, he's there. If I go to the far reaches of the universe, he's there. So even in that hospital, in that operating room, he's God inside of there, just like he's God at this altar. Amen? So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are so grateful for the privilege of prayer. Your word declares that you have torn down the middle wall of partition. And so we are able to boldly come in your presence in prayer. We are able to be honest and open with you in our prayers, in our supplications, and even in our concerns and anxieties. God, what we love so much about your love for us is that you understand what we are going through because you did come in flesh. You were tempted like we are tempted, but you did not sin. And so you know our weaknesses. You know our worries. You know about our sleepless nights. God, that's why we come to you humbly bowing in your presence. We come today for these your sons, those who love you, who have served you, who've committed themselves to the service of your church here at the Salem Church. We lift them to you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we don't know all the details, but we know you know. And God, for that is enough for us. You know the doctors, you know the nurses, you know the specialists, you know the room they're going to be in on tomorrow. And so God, we pray that you would go ahead of them and make that room not only a room of procedures, but a room of healing and restoration. We pray in the name of Jesus that you would calm their spirits, that you clear their minds, that you settle their hearts, allow them to rest in your bosom to rest in your arms and to give as your word declares a peace that passes all human understanding we know you can give it God and so we pray that you would do that very thing bless those who We'll be serving them on tomorrow. We know that medicine is in their hands, but healing is in yours. So we pray, God, in the name of Jesus, from the very throne of God, that you would dispense healing as only you can. And we ask these prayers, believing that it shall and will be done. We don't ask it in the name of Salem. We ask it in the name of he who died for our sins. And by his stripes, we are healed in the name of Jesus. We ask it all. And the people of God said together, amen. And amen. Let's praise God in advance.
We share today in one of the two ordinances that the Lord has left the church. This Lord's Supper, this Holy Communion, the significance of which we should not forget. Because Jesus shed his pure, perfect, and holy blood that each of us would have life, life abundantly, and life eternally. If there are those who are seated now who have not received those elements, we want to make sure that you receive those elements. If you do not have them, we're going to ask that you would raise your hand at this time. Let's go to the Lord. Lord, we do thank you this day as we are reminded that you sent your son Jesus Christ in flesh, that he died for our sins, that he was raised from the dead, and that he is coming again. It is in light of these things that we share in this moment, remembering the pain and suffering, the agony that Jesus suffered in our stead. And so even now as we prepare to receive these elements that are symbolic of the Lord's broken body and shed blood. We pray, God, that you would prepare us to receive them, cleanse us, purge us, make us right with you. Your word declares if we confess our sins, you are faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so we lay our sins at your feet. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. his crucifixion, Jesus instituted this Lord's Supper, this Holy Communion. The Bible says he first took the bread, blessed it and broke it, and said to his disciples, take, eat, this is my body. Let us commune together. And likewise, he took the cup and declared, this is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let us commune together. Let's bow our heads and receive our benediction. Lord, we again thank you for the price paid and the sacrifice made through your darling son, Jesus Christ, in that as we trust him and believe in him as Savior, we shall spend 
eternity in your presence because of the power and reality of his resurrection. We thank you for this worship experience on today, that we have been strengthened through this worship and through your word. And even as we leave this place, we will share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ that has impacted our lives forevermore. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy. To the only wise God be glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people of God said together, amen, amen, and amen. And we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead. 